Aurora burst into tears. On the far side of the street, Bryce is screaming and stamping his feet. He's not even looking at Aurora anymore. It's like he's going rabid. One of the drivers rolls down his window and yells, What do you kids think you're doing? He starts to roll his window back up, but he pauses when he looks at me. And for God's sakes, put a coat on that baby. I glance down to see Hector just in his pajamas. Hector, of course, has started crying too. It might just be because he's about to lose all his fingers to frostbite. Where's my layer of protective octopus slime? Where are my eight tentacles to pull all three kids close to me and wrap them up so they can cry their eyes out? Aurora, you've got to get out of the street, I yell. Welcome to the Can We Talk About This podcast, a podcast for middle grade readers by middle grade readers, stretching their empathetic muscles and eager to talk about the social issues that impact them. This podcast grew out of students' inherent need to understand the world around them and to construct this understanding through stories that include big topics and compelling, relatable characters. In this episode, we're talking about the social issues within the pages of Anne Braden's debut novel, The Benefits of Being an Octopus, published by Sky Pony Press. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be an octopus? In the book, The Benefits of Being an Octopus, the main character, Zoe, doesn't feel comfortable in her own skin. Zoe always has to help out her mom with little and big things, like getting her little brother Hector at her mom's work, getting her little siblings off the bus, cooking them dinner, and putting them to bed, and still somehow managing to take care of herself. While her mom is working extra shifts at the pizza pit to earn some money to buy food, pay for the car, Zoe's home life makes it hard for her to feel like she fits in with other kids in her middle school. If only she could be an octopus for real. So as I was reading this book, I was thinking about all the things that we have that Zoe's family didn't really, like, didn't really have. Um, So I was thinking about, do we take things for granted? Yes, I think we do take things for granted because Zoe's siblings think a light-up lightsaber, lightsaber makes them so lucky when we take so many little things for granted, like how... We have a dad that cares, and we are very lucky for that. I think another reason we take things for granted is because in the book, Zoe's family loved yogurt, and it was something that they didn't always have. It was kind of like they didn't get it every week. They only got it sometimes. And, like, for us, yogurt's just an everyday thing, and it's not really special to us. And just... Having that feeling must be crazy. Is it fair the amount of weight that Zoe has on her shoulders? Zoe has incredibly a lot of weight on her shoulders. Like I said in the beginning, when she has to pick up Hector and get her little siblings off the bus, and when they're scared when they're sleeping, she has to go into their room and tell them a story and tell them that everything's going to be okay. I think that... She definitely does have a lot weight on a lot of weight on her shoulders. Um, I think that Zoe, um, so I feel like it takes a lot for her to tell her siblings that she cares about that it's gonna be okay because I feel like she knows that it's not going to, and that it's they're not really in the best position right now. And another part is like in the story um, that her mom had made like bacon bits or something bacon wrapped hot dogs and her siblings were so excited for it and um she had tell them you guys each get one 
and they were so excited, but then she didn't end up, they didn't end up having one. So it's hard, it must be really hard for her to say stuff that she doesn't actually know is gonna be okay, or that they get. Do you guys think that comparing herself to an octopus gave Zoe courage? Yes, I do, because I guess that you could say every time something bad happens, Zoe compares herself to an octopus to make herself feel better. She almost guilt trips herself to say, like, if I was an octopus, I could do this. And she, and she almost like, it's almost like she's trying to live up to doing that. So yes, I agree that pretending to be an octopus kind of gives her courage. I also agree that her pretending to be an octopus gives her courage um, because it was her shield almost to protect her from school with her acting like an octopus. And also with, um, with her siblings in the road that day when she had like grabbed them all and said how it, I feel like it almost made her feel better that she could do that and that's and with her kind of relaying that to the octopus, I think that was kind of like something where like it gave her courage to do that, where she might have panicked and just be acting like herself. Do you think there would be any disadvantages to being an octopus? She really points out that everything's good being an octopus, but I wonder if there's anything that wouldn't be as good that she might struggle with. Yeah, I to add on to that, you said you said, do you think there would be any disadvantages? I don't think there would in Zoe's eyes because every time she compares herself to being an octopus, it's saying how she could do something if she was an octopus. And it makes her feel better when she's like that. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, similar to Kennedy, when she talks about herself being an octopus, it kind of makes her feel like she's capable of more things than she really is. It's kind of like her making herself I don't want to say more than she is, but she want what she wants to be. And the octopus in her eyes was something that she wanted to be because the octopus is strong, the octopus fights back, the octopus is amazing in her eyes. It, so. makes, it makes her feel like the, the person she wants to be and I like aspires to I be. I literally just <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that because it's almost like when you think about kids and they say, this is what I want to be when I grow up. It's almost like that, but that's what mm -hmm. she, it's almost like what she wants to be. She like wants, right then and there. Yeah, it's almost mm -hmm. like having a superpower. Do you think that Mo Miss Rochambeau pushed Zoe way too hard or pushed her just enough and gave her what she needs? I think that Miss Rochambeau pushed Zoe enough because Zoe originally didn't want to be on the debate club and she was trying to figure out how she was gonna work everything with her siblings out, her mom, being able to pick up her little brother Hector, getting the kids off the bus, being there on time so they weren't worried, but she still had a way to do what Miss Rochambeau wanted. Um, I have something to add on to Lauren's. I think that the reason she d didn't want to be in debate club at first was because she was scared that she wasn't going to be able to take care of her siblings. And I feel like someone 
her age shouldn't that's what she shouldn't have to be scared of and I think that um, Miss Rochambeau made it easier for her not to think about that I I agree because um, I agree with Lauren that she like pushed her just enough and like what Kennedy said because she shouldn't have to worry about picking her younger siblings up like if you really think about it, that's something your parents usually do. Silas is someone Zoe can kind of spill out all her feelings on. Do you ever feel like you have that one person you're not really that close to, but you feel like you can tell them everything? I don't really have anyone that I feel like I'm not that close to but can tell everything, but I think a reason that Zoe had this feeling was because she knows that being the kid that doesn't isn't doesn't have so many friends or is getting bullied. She knew that Silas was um, someone that she could relate to, so I think that she just felt she could spill all her feelings with him. I feel like uh, Zoe can tell Fuchsia her emotions because Fuchsia seems to handle it well because she knows what it's like at her house. Yeah, because Fuchsia's her best friend, so she feels like that's another person who she can just tell. And I think that Fuchsia what? feels like she can tell Zoe, because in the book it says, when I close my locker, I see Fuchsia there, like, and always, like, out of breath or something. She also ran to her house that night. Yep. And sat in their hallway. Just, just yeah. to tell her something, because that was her safe place. She didn't really have anywhere else to go where she felt safe. How has this book impacted the way you think of your community or the world around you? A way this book impacted me about the way I think about my community is how kids in my school actually feel about themselves. I feel like this because of Zoe. I don't think kids always feel comfortable in their own body considering in a spot in the book she wanted to get as tight in a corner as an octopus could. Kids in my school may feel like this as well. I agree with Candy because like when she had done that, it showed even more of what it, a reoccurring theme of the book was, like her imagining herself being an octopus. And it really just, that's one of the very many parts. And I think that's probably the part that shows her wanting to get out of her own skin more. And I definitely agree that that idea could be more than just Zoe. It could be kids in our school, it could be in the in a different country. They could be kids here at this table. Another way this book impacted me about the way I think of my community is like how kids in our school, like us at this table, like we don't know just how people treat each other. And like, cause Zoe didn't get treated as well as she could have. And I think that's what led up to her wanting to be able to hide like that and being able to turn into an octopus so it just like when I see people like in our school that are just not being kind it's like you never know what like they could be feeling how Zoe is feeling. I think that this book is perfect for us to talk about for the can we talk about this podcast because like our, we're trying to show people that these types of books with big topics are okay for our age to read and I think this one is good for us because we 
I mean, like everyone else has said, we never know what anyone in the school is going through, and people are just going to be going through this forever, probably, and it's just, it's just a real-life thing, and it's always going to be a thing, so we just have to know what it's about, and like, by telling um, how Zoe handles it, it's just, I just feel like it's perfect for this. I think our goal is to hit, like, things that, like, maybe pe some people don't talk about and maybe don't think about talking about sometimes, and I think one of the very many, one of the very many things in, like, something that happens in real life is poverty, too. It's not just racism. It's not injustice. It's not sexism, something like that. It's just... It's definitely a subject that's worth noting because years to come, there will be still an issue of poverty. And so if this is awareness, I think that helps. I agree with Cecile because there's so much poverty in the world and you can't like, and you can't really help it from happening. Mm -hmm. It just kind of happens on its own. Mm -hmm. Like, um, if a parent was the only one working and then they lose their job, like, that's a loss for everyone in the house because, like, it's harder to pay for stuff like food, like... Electricity. Yeah, heating. Another reason why I think this book is, like, a perfect book to talk about in this podcast is because I think that talking about how maybe how people don't want to be who they are I think that's another big theme, which is what Zoe kind of faces. She didn't really want to be the, like, the kid at school facing poverty that has to juggle everything, her home life, her school life, and all the other problems. And I think that that's definitely, like, a big topic. After talking about poverty, I can understand more what it would be like being a single mother and having kids to raise by yourself and having to buy groceries and pay pay to put gas in the car and electricity. Another part in this book that I think is really important to talk about is gun violence because it's a real thing in our world and maybe even in our community at some points. I think this book relates to the Can We Talk About This podcast because of gun violence. It's just another big topic that no one really thinks that kids our age should be able to talk about. But it's not like we're never gonna come across it. And if we're just, if we're learning about it in these types of books that are super detailed and have the correct characters that just handle it in the right situation, then we're just gonna learn about it in better ways. When you read about it, it kinda makes you more educated about, if somebody pulls out a gun to me, I will, and then think about I've read books about when somebody points a gun at somebody and what do they do. When Miss Rochambeau um, had asked the kids in the debate club to pick a side of whether guns should be allowed or not, I feel like that changed my thinking because, like, I mean, were kids talking about gun violence and their kids, they're also kids, like, living Zoe, gun and they're violence. living in it. And they're talking, they're facing their debate towards a real situation. 
when Zoe was sitting at a table with Matt and Lydia, they were basically all on the same side. But I think what was running through Zoe's mind was kind of like, oh, they haven't, they don't know what it feels like to be in that situation. They're just saying that because it's the first thing that comes to mind. Because in my opinion, when I think of gun violence, I automatically think, oh yeah, guns shouldn't be allowed. But then you actually think about it and you're like, oh, what about the people who have actually lived through that and like, other stuff like hunting like what or about that officers like yeah exactly when we go into lockdown at school you're scared i the automatic thing that comes to your mind is somebody's here and they don't and they want. don't belong here when the debate club put light on the gun violence topic i think it i think most people were looking one certain way like maybe what all the bad things are and maybe not what the good things are so it kind of gave me a new perspective about the topic of while guns can be bad and they can hurt people they also can like help protect us too they're not just all bad and they're not just hurting us but i wonder if maybe with zoe's perspective on the guns maybe if that made her be able to see kind of both sides and not just one. If you had the chance to talk to Anne Braden about this book, what is one question you would ask? I would ask Anne Braden if she purposely put as much weight that she did on Zoe's shoulders at times. I would ask, how did she plan out to write this? I'm asking this because every single character in this book, their story is complete. I would ask, did you make Zoe and Fuchsia friends because you knew that they both had similar issues, so it was almost like a puzzle piece they similarly fit together? I would ask Anne Brayden, does Zoe's family continue to face poverty after the book, or what happens to Zoe after? The Benefits of Being an Octopus by Anne Braden is published by Sky Pony Press. The music in this episode is Cambo and downloaded from Free Music Archive. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Can We Talk About This podcast. We look forward to bringing you more episodes of real student readers talking about real issues in the near future. Stay tuned!